Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a psychologist and accredited advanced gender, sex and relationship therapist, speaker, author, and resident therapist on Open House, The Great Sex Experiment, which is still airing on Channel 4 in the United Kingdom. I have been working with people for the past 36 years, helping them to create and maintain the relationships that they desire with lots of sizzling sex and without shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet, one letter at a time. And today the letter is O and O is for open dating. Joining me today is Bill. He's the brainchild behind Monogamish, a groundbreaking dating app that's shaking things up. Bill is no ordinary entrepreneur. He's a maverick, visionary, who's using his tech-savvy brain and solid business smarts to redefine the way we approach dating. He's all about empowering people to ditch old-school relationship rules and really explore what they want. When he's not on the front line pushing for the future of dating, he's busy making sure monogamous users get the absolute best from their experience. Tune in to hear more about his journey, the adventures, and the drive that fuels his mission. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you, Laurie. Good to be here. So um, tell me, I've, I've actually just finished doing a, a write-up of some dating apps for um, top10.com because I occasionally write pieces for them. This one was about alternatives to hinge. Mm -hmm. And thus far, we have not done one on non-monogamy. Um, tell me why this app, why monogamish? Um, well, it's specifically tailored to non-monogamy. I mean, if you, you, as you mentioned just now, you've got Hinge and others like Tinder, Bumble and all the other mainstream apps. Um, we have seen lately that they have started incorporating the option to be able to mention that you're in an open relationship or a non-monogamous and others other form of non-monogamy, like polyamory and such. Um, but it is more important to have a community-based approach towards these groups, because uh, if you are non-monogamous and you're on the mainstream dating apps, you can still get a little bit of a pushback from the users that are on that platform who don't appreciate or can be quite conservative, but they don't like those type of groups. And so it's not the best space to find other non-monogamous folk. Yeah, I mean, I certainly, I think mainstream dating apps are precarious for any alternative dating. Um, but my experience with with apps that are specific to um, niche, like non-monogamy or BDSM and kink, hasn't been really much better than the experience with regular dating apps. Um, it's... Um, diabolically bad as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i hate dating apps it can be yeah it, it can be it's difficult to foster the a, a positive mindset uh in a niche group um and the way we're battling that one is by having informative and uh, educational pieces within the application as well so not only are we just about having a space for these type of users we're actually trying to foster a healthy the demographic of users. So those that are new in the scene might not know about certain values uh, or things that they should do, like the do and do, uh, don't, the do and don'ts of um, getting into this kind of space. Um, and so we try and educate our users with that. So with, 
Would you say that you're primarily focused on people? I mean, I love the term monogamish, which came from Dan Savage, which was a way of saying that um, you're mostly monogamous as a couple, but sometimes you step outside the lines with consent. So are you particularly focused on coupled folks who are looking to interact with other couples or interact with singles? So the, well, it's a little bit challenging. So we've, we've gone with that route because of market. And so two out of three users on Tinder and other com- commercial dating apps are not single. So um, instead of having these all these users that are basically cheating um, and not being able to identify what their relationship structure is, at least monogamish is a way in which they can sort of start to learn about what non-monogamy is, what what other type of non-monogamy structures there are, and what they can identify with themselves. I mean, what am I? It's an avenue to start in. It, and one of my issues, and it, it was it's been my issue on open house as well, is that, that so uh, the vast majority of understanding about non-monogamy in the mainstream world comes from the idea of swinging, hmm. and you know, not all of us are swingers. You know, I mean, I'm polyamorous, and I've been polyamorous um, for consistently for 25 years. Um, and I had a little period out eight years of monogamy that was disastrous. And, you know, before that was also non-monogamous. Um, and, um, yeah. you know, while we do sometimes, I'm married, and while we do sometimes play as a couple, um, I have long-term relationships with um, two other people. Um, and, and I do things as a single. I love to go and be the single that joins couples because I know exactly what I'm looking for when I go, um, yeah. which is always one of the issues when it, it, it's always one of the issues when a single joins couples is, is what exactly are you looking for? And, and everybody being clear what they're looking for. So um, uh, one of the problems that arises is sometimes the single is, is looking for a full on relationship. Yeah. And while the couple's available for that to a certain extent, they're not, they're not looking for somebody to come live with them and share their whole life with them. They're only looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, um, which is a very different thing. And if you're a single person and you fall in love with somebody and you don't have the option to, to take it to where you'd like to take it, that can be really problematic. So um, couples get turned off a lot by singles who say they're there to have fun and then turn out and want to make demands. Singles get turned off by couples who they feel bait and switch or don't value them as people. So sometimes the solution, and I know a lot of couples who do this, the solution is to only be with people who are in couples, either together, everybody plays together, or if you're- Yeah, or if or the non-swingers version of that is you might date somebody, you might be involved with somebody, but only somebody who has their um, major nesting needs and major romance needs met elsewhere. Correct, they're partnered somewhere. Yeah, they're partnered. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And there's multiple dynamics, as you sort of mentioned through that little uh, speech. That yeah, they're correct. It's it's really a journey of defining what you as a person wants first um, and then what would work and it's yeah it's 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 an absolute journey and so we're trying that's what we do try and do with monogamish um it's very early days for us i mean we've only launched our new application two two three months just just over two months ago 
Um, and so we haven't we haven't figured out the feed structure just yet. That that's something that's coming up soon. Um, but that's what we're aims, our aim is, is. It's educational. We're looking to foster relationship-based approaches towards the dating scene as opposed to just the hookups. Yeah, we're, there, we're in it for the long haul. Right. Um, and so what are you finding with members good. so far? Um, we have a good, yeah, we have a very good balance. Um, most of these kind of applications are quite saturated by men. Um, but our advertising campaign uh, is generally focused at, at, towards women and couples. And so um, that, that's, that's been quite good for us. Uh, they have, there aren't too many guys on there at, at this moment, at least anyway. <laughs> we'll see once There's we get us. to the point where we're thousands of downloads a day, then, then it might change a little bit, the statistics. But at this moment, at the moment, it, it's a very healthy balance. Um, so there's not too many guys. There's also a whole lot of, um, uh, I, I'd say, bias and, and prejudice about um, how people look and... Um, kind of the acceptable range of looks um, in apps are often visually based. Do you see that as being one of the issues that comes up in, in having an app where people are, you know, having to choose to start with before they start talking to people? Um, yes and no, uh, because although yeah, you make a good point in, in that, um, it would be nice to be able to see past the person's, like what they look like. Um, but in statistics, but in statistics and from other applications where they tailor a solution for that, we still see the same results. So even in a situation where a person's profile is masked, and then you chat with them for a little while until the point where then their photo is revealed, if the person doesn't like their photo, they are matched with them anyway. Um, so that's something we've seen with other applications. So we well, don't that, use that. I mean, that would make sense anyway. You know, I mean, if mm. you're talking, you're talking about having a sexual relationship. And so obviously if you're not attracted exactly. to somebody, but I think it's worse in hookup culture than it is no, in sort of, it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're trying to, like we do, we try and work away away from that. We, again, we, we're relationship focused. So we still try and capture a, a a way in which you can show your profile and personality outside of just photos. And that's why the profile is, is um, longer and you've got prompts and you can create your own prompts in our, in our, um, in our app, which is new for users and other dating apps don't have, don't have that. Um, so you can show your personality a little bit more. And also I think people don't understand that sometimes people look better in, um, often people look better in, act, in active movement, not always. Sometimes they look worse in active movement. Surprisingly enough, and this is, this, you know, because we, we validate our users manually. We don't have a, a, a computer or an AI or, or what you call it, a plugin for that at the moment. Um, and that's been really good. So that way we can capture and, and stop any fake profiles and, and scammers. Yep. Um, because it's manual. Yeah. Um, but often enough, and maybe this is just my opinion, but people have taken a selfie to verify their photo has been such a good photo, better than the one that they're using to showcase them, their, themselves on the profile. So sometimes, you know, just that normal real life photo, people listening to this, sometimes those photos go a long way and they just be able to show you as a personality better than. But you know, also, 
I mean, planted, so, candid sort of thing. <laughs> well, I think also the thing is, is that people like I get comments a lot about my age because I'm older and people very rarely believe that I'm 60. So, you know, yeah, I, I, me included. <laughs> we're, we're just going this off, offline. <laughs> if we yeah. believe you're 60. You no. Know, and so I get comments about that all the time. And what I say to people, and I actually mean it and they, they just think it's a joke. I'm like, you know, they're like, whoa, how do you do that? And I'm like, I'm happy. And they're like, oh, you know, come on, don't be ridiculous. You know, it's your genes. It's this and that. Well, yeah, I've got good genes. I do have good genes. But um, but when I'm not feeling well or when I'm unhappy, you don't see the same face. It's the same face, right? But what you see, what animates my face is what makes me look younger. Yeah. Right. So I do I have good get- genes. I do have yeah, the jeans and I would look, and I, you do. And I would look younger. I would look younger anyway. Right. But I wouldn't look as much younger as I do when I'm in a bad mood. I'm having a bad day because what's shining out through the physical is what is animating. The physical is what you're seeing. And people are like, Oh, that's woo. But actually it's why people come off better on video than they do sometimes in still photographs it's why meeting somebody in the flesh and this is why what's important with the dating app it's why meeting somebody in the flesh you are much more likely to choose somebody that you would never look at on a dating app because all you're seeing are static photographs and this could the situation where such as myself i'm not very photogenic so and i often get told uh, in dates when i'm here because i'm single at the moment and i'm dating um one is uh Dates are always happy that I look exactly like my profile, uh, but I look better in person. I, I always get told I look better in person. Um, and again, that just goes back to me. Not it depends on what profile picture I use, <laughs> right? If I use ones from a photo shoot I did in 2018, I don't look better in person because I'm older now. <laughs> um, you know, but um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it's, it's interesting. So are you non-monogamous? I am. Yes. Yes. I know I, that's I a silly question. No, I, I, no, no, it's a I'm, silly question. No, no I, I, I mean, I, I could be, I could be monogamous and just identified a, a, an area for me to create an app and everything. So, but no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm myself. I'm non-monogamous. Uh, that's why I mean, cause I've seen people do that. Um, and I, yeah, and I, the, these things tend to fail um, when people don't have an understanding of the community behind and the fact Definitely, that there are a variety of communities. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as your app develops, whether or not you get people um, outside of swingers communities, outside of couples and people looking within. And I say it. They're not necessarily swingers, but they're looking within a certain shape, a certain dynamic. Um, it'll be interesting to see if you get people who are, for example, solo polyamorous, who are people who choose to live alone and have other relationships or relationship anarchists who define all their relationships differently and how that actually changes the dating app. We are, we are open to that. You have the option to choose those uh, in the relationship structure of your profile. So oh, brilliant. We are, although it is, tail- I mean, it's, it's, it's targeted towards that monogamish type of demographic. Uh, we understand that there would be, still be you know, some users that are in other type of relationship structures that would still identify and try and, and would like to meet others that are monogamish. And so we do have that. We have the option to choose a whole bunch of different uh, relationship structures on your profile. Um, and we go so far as to actually give a brief definitions of each one of those um, as you're choosing them. Because if you're new to the space, 
you know, you open up and you're looking, what's the difference between a closed you know, a, a CNM or it's an ENM or a, uh, or a polyamory? You just don't know what these mean. I mean, so instead of having to go out of the app and then Google every single one individually, there's just little snippets there to be able to explain what it is. Um, and that's a good start uh, for them. And are you pretty clear that are you pretty clear that this isn't a space for monogamous people to try and find their one and only? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah they're very clear. Yeah, straight. I mean, I'm always interested because I'm sure there will be <laughs> monogamous people on there. I'm always interested, <laughs> you know, in doing the show. Um, some people we do. Who... Yeah, mm -hmm. so sorry to, to, to cut yeah. you off there a little bit, but uh, we absolutely do. We actually have. So there, there's one of the relationship structures is uh, monogamish. Uh, sorry, monogamous, but in brackets, exploring, because you could be monogamous and then, you know, you don't know, maybe, maybe you've only ever identified as monogamous and you don't know that there's a world of non-monogamy out there and you've somehow stumbled across this app, thought you download it because it's got the word kind of monogamy in it. You think monogamish, what's kind of that? Yeah, we do. We do have that as well. So we, yeah, we, we I've had a lot of time to think about this during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just find it really interesting. I mean, one of the things that I found on the show between two seasons where there were people who um, came to participate who really didn't know. Well, you know, what they were doing was dating and, and people don't understand that just because you have more than one partner doesn't make you non-monogamous. Like yeah, if you're dating and you're until you find the person you want to settle down with, and once you meet somebody that you want to settle down with in the traditional mold, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Sure. There's okay, a exactly place right. for if that works for you. I'm all for it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. But I'm, if you're I'm, dating, I'm all for love. Yeah. In any in any form it takes, as long as consent is there. I always have to 100%. underscore that. No, um, of course, but, mutual consent. As yeah. long as you're consenting between adults, that's not a problem. That's right. So if you're dating and you're going to try and find that one, because you're dating lots of people does not make you non-monogamous. And in fact, it is fucking confusing when people go, oh, I'm non-monogamous. I see a lot of younger people. Oh, I identify as non-monogamous. But they're actually looking for somebody to settle down with, or they're, they're saying they're not ready to settle down. They're doing what in my day was, you know, just boring. fucking about, right? That's yeah, what we did. We fucked about yeah. until we were ready for a regular relationship. That's exactly. not non-monogamy. Non-monogamy is about what you do over the life of your relationships, not just until right. you find somebody to settle down with. Although people do change and there are some people who are non-monogamous and they get to a point where they meet somebody. I think people don't often realize that when you meet somebody new, because you can get so excited about it, you can be in one of those little bubble phases where you don't want to see anybody else, even if you have other partners. And sometimes people get in those spaces and actually they decide, well, actually, I want to be monogamous. And now. that's fine too. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, as long as you communicate that and you do it in a nice way, um, as, as respectful as possible to your other partners or, free, or, or the, the, the you are seeing, then that's okay, of course. Yeah, end of the day, you you want to be looking after yourself and make sure everything's yep. well for you. Um, so yes, I'm, I, I would support that. Um, and the, going back to my personal journey, I mean, I was raised um, a Christian um, in a very strict uh, family, and so I was only ever exposed to the monogamous 
uh, lifestyle, um, you know, Bible teachings and all this kind of stuff. Um, however, in my mid, like the early twenties to mid twenties, I'd sort of started to identify that this, you know, this is not something I'm interested in. And I'd, I'd been in four serious relationships up until my early thirties that were all monogamous. And so, but during all of those relationships, I'd always battled with having the desires and, 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 um, and fantasies of wanting to open up the relationship, but I didn't know how to do it, do it. Um, and because of my early upbringing and things like this, it was just, it was, it was quite a taboo topic and we didn't really talk about it. It was, mm. it was shunned upon in my family and, and, and such. So it was only later in my, in my mid twenties to, to now that, um, sorry, mid thirties to now that I've really opened up the relationship and had my first non-monogamous relationship, which basically, which actually started out of a, a friends with benefits type of arrangement. There was this young lady and her and I were really good friends and we saw other people, but uh, caught feelings for one another over time and then decided to try in a relationship. Um, and that was my first non-monogamous relationship. And out of all of the relationships I'd been in, monogamous and non-monogamous, this non-monogamous one was just felt so natural, so open, so honest, um, so freeing. I never had to worry about things um, because we communicated very well. Uh, it was a bit of a challenge there at the start um, to, to be able to sort of talk about my feelings because I'd never really done that kind of stuff in, in, in past relationships. But it's been by far the most rewarding, by far the most best. It's interesting to me. I find um, so often people do start with the friends with benefits. Um, because that's the first place where um, the line between emotional connection and physical connection transgresses what, what we're brought up to believe is the way it's supposed to be done, right? Because yeah. most people are still brought up with the idea that the relationship um, should be, the sexual relationship should be with one person that you stay with long term. Um, and so, you know, often it's when people are in between partners and wanting sex and they have friends and they have a friend that they fancy, but they, you know, they don't want to change the friendship. And that's where the discussion comes in. Um, yes. So um, so it's interesting to me because I find that I hear that a lot, that that's where people have started. Um, and then that that caused them to question where they drew that line. And yeah, where that yeah, boundary yeah. was. And for me, we only ended the relationship because we ultimately wanted different things in life and we wanted to take different journeys. So we ended up uh, separating. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, 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 it came out of a friends of benefits type of arrangement where it was, I was comfortable with someone. Um, and I don't know, we ended up with catching feels. It, there was a natural progression, I think. And that kind of generally happens. I think it's really important for people to be upfront with where they are at the beginning. Um, and I think one of the biggest issues um, is when people aren't. Um, well, yeah, agreed, like, agreed. And it comes with life experience and stuff too, I think. Uh, but like now, for example, I'm super forward and super honest and very upfront about certain things. But that's only because, you know, I'm in, I'm in my mid-30s um, and I've, I've had life experience and I'm don't deal with the fluff anymore. So I'm not, I'm not around with. Uh, I, I think, I, mean, I think, you, I think you can learn to do that. I and mean, if people run into what I call the monogamy hangover, which is 
they get in non-monogamous relationships and they start thinking like a monogamous person. And, and they do that because they're so, in, we're so indoctrinated that it can be really difficult to dig out all that monogamous thinking. So one of the areas where I think people have the most difficulty is the idea that a relationship doesn't progress, right? Relationships are supposed to progress. And what does that mean? And that comes from monogamy, of course, because when you are only going to have one deep emotional and physical relationship, there must be a progression before you decide that that's the one. Um, and so after a certain amount of time, people usually feel the pressure to move in with somebody. But when you're non-monogamous, there is no no necessary progression. You can have somebody who stays friends, friends with benefits for your entire lifetime. You can have people, I mean, I have on and off play partners, two that I can think of. We're not in contact right now, but should the occasion arise, we run into each other, we would probably have a good time, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's the nature of our relationship and um, nothing, nothing necessarily would get in the way of that. Yes. You know, and it doesn't need to progress. We don't need to do anything further. I do have relationships that have progressed, like one that went from a BFF, which is still a BFF, but sex got added. And so now we don't really have a word for what it is because um, it's a really <laughs> deep. Well, we're we're partners. It's a deep partnered relationship, but yeah. we're not. Not labeling it. We're not. Well, because it's complicated for people. Exactly. So people ask and it's like we're sisters. Um, it just so happens we have sex with each other, but we're not friends with benefits because for us, there's a much deeper level to that. And friends with benefits feels much more casual. But that did progress. That progressed over time. We started a friendship that we invested in intentionally and continue to invest in intentionally. And I think that's one of the things that people entering this type of a lifestyle or alternative life choice need to take on board, but also that that mainstream folks could take on board and really learn from, which is the idea of intentionality. That you look at who you are and you make choices based on your needs and you're very clear and intentional about the choices that you're making. So if you fall into something, you take a step back for a second and go, hmm, is this what I want? Does this align? Yeah. 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 Good one. Yeah. That's very true. That's good. And that's, that's, that's a natural progression in, in life in general, of course. I mean, I heard recently that there was basically, they say we change as humans every 10 years. And so as you're growing as a person, so, so do relationships, same thing. We change as humans grow. much more often than 10 years. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. But that but was also, the basic. I think I every decade, generally people change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love the idea that you think it's a national proje- progression. You must be around more evolved people. Um, in my experience, it isn't a nat- natural progression. I think people need to learn their skills. So we spend a lot of time... Um, I think therapists spend a lot of time um, and the culture spends a lot of time focusing on whys and wherefores. How did I become this way? You know, what made me different and all those sorts of things. But what's more important to spend the time on is skills. And that's things like communication, which you mentioned, like you learned how to communicate your feelings. That's a skill. You could actually have been taught that in your teens. And you could have been practicing, Ooh. right? It, it didn't have it, to be yeah, something that right. came that you discovered in life experience. I mean, it, we still life experience will change us, and we'll still have fuck ups based on a lack of knowledge. Of course, always. That's we're human. 
Yeah. But we can actually lower the amount of drama if we learn skills like relationship skills, communication skills, life skills, emotional skills, which which nobody likes to focus on because they're the boring bit of stuff. And can be a little bit uh, touchy and taboo as well, particularly around the sex topics. Um, I'm not how I'm, I'm not sure how in tune you might be with in Australia, but oh, I'm, I'm not sure where this happened around the world. But there was recently a, a children's sex book that was in, um, like we have a, a store called Big W, which is a big retailer, um, and it was on their shelves. It was removed off the shelves because uh, there was some controversy about uh, teaching children about sex, and it was really, you know, really good. Um, I mean, it's nothing, something, there's nothing bad in the book at all. But just that topic within itself was a bit taboo. It is, it so, is quite, it's quite frightening and quite frustrating for me what's going on right now worldwide. Um, right now, there are protests about sex education being taught at all in the school. And as at all, a, really? Yeah. A, yeah. Because that means there, people are going to get taught the gen gender ideology as though you yeah, can't okay. teach about sex. And you can't teach about people's options without subscribing to a particular worldview. Right. And it's quite frightening. Um, and um, so books are being removed and, and books are being burnt in the US and um, in the UK, books are being removed and protests are happening. And it's frightening right. because um, for a long time, we had the um, highest rate of teen pregnancy in Europe. And we had started coming back from that and really improving. But if you stop teaching sex education, of course, numbers will go back up. You know, yeah. the numbers will go back up. The know. disease numbers will go back up. Um, yeah. The numbers, that, I hate to say this, but child sexual abuse will go back up yeah. because yeah. the ways that people learn to make, to take care of themselves are by understanding how their bodies work, what their options are, what their feelings might mean or might not mean and how to be self-protective comes as part of that. And if we're not teaching any of this and we're relying on parents to teach, parents who often don't have decent information, yeah. then we've got problems and that's what's happening. So I, I'm sad to hear that it's the same in Australia as it is, yeah. seems to be yeah. everywhere else. And it seems to yeah. be all around um, um, what's gone on with gender that seems to be what's touched this up and unfortunately gender and sex have been conflated so now we can't even talk about sex education um i've oh. been accused of i've been accused of 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 trying to end end the institution of marriage which i find hysterical it's like oh yeah little old me i'm just gonna you know <laughs> As though anywhere I've said that monogamy is not a good thing. And it's really interesting because a lot of times, well, I mean, media always looks for extremes, right? And so- um, Extreme uh, selves, that they, yeah, that's- Yeah, yeah I mean, our, you know, and our, our, show was, our show was no different, you know, they really want, it, you know, want you to say that, you know, monogamy is outdated. And then, and, 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 you know, the thing is, is that there's something for everyone. Um, and there are people who are monogamous and there's nothing wrong with that and shouldn't be denigrated because they're monogamous. The same as people who are non-monogamous shouldn't be denigrated because they're non-monogamous. It's just an option. You know, right. it's just yeah. it's just a difference. Um, but the desire is for controversy. And so that's what people end up seeing. And so all of the middle ground gets wiped out and ordinary people suffer as a result of that. Agreed.
yeah, agreed. People that uh, are, are, are might not be comfortable identifying as non-monogamous are forced to go into monogamous relationships, which then that ends up having its own dramas and, and problems. So, well, and agreed. all you have to do agreed. is look at affairs. I mean, all you have to do is look at affairs. And oh, exactly. And, you know, exactly. you can have an yeah. affair in a non-monogamous relationship as well. People forget that. Yes, you can. You yeah, know. you can. Yeah, that's right. Yep. If you're not being true and honest and open about it, yeah, that's right. You can. There you yeah. are. All you do, all you have to do in order to have an affair is break an agreement. That's it. That's it. It's non-consensual. It's anything that's non-consensual becomes an affair. And so, you know, non-monogamy isn't the solution to affairs. If Correct. you don't learn how to yeah. communicate and be open and honest and make open and honest agreements and wait yeah. until you have communicated before you act, people tend to be quite impulsive. And they come, you know, they do something and then go back and ask for forgiveness as though yeah, that's so going to be useful. That's that's precisely why it's so important to have that educational aspect. I mean, it, it, again, if we if we've got new users coming onto our platform on onto Monogamish, the app, it's important for them to be able to learn a little bit about the space so that they don't make those mistakes. Um, yeah, ideally, yeah, it's important. So, um, is your app Australia um, only, or um, is it Australasia? How far do the members come from? Um, it's internationally, uh, interestingly, oh, cool. uh, what, so what happened was when I'd created the application, um, so it was during COVID, uh, my friends and I were talking about how difficult it was to find other people that were similar to like-minded. And, um, I, I was using competitors applications at the time, but it was still quite hookup focused, and it wasn't exactly what I and my partner were sort of looking at for at the time. Exactly. Um, and that's how I ended up creating the app itself. Um, and the, uh, damn it, I've forgotten what we were just talking about. <laughs> um, I asked whether you were international or Australasia focused. Sorry, that's right, okay. thank you. Um, yes, so what, it, what, what I did was uh, when I created the application and the MVP or uh, which stands for most viable product or uh, beta version, um, we launched it internationally to see where the most users would pick it up um, and we didn't do any promotions or advertising uh, because it was simply bootstrapped I funded the whole project myself um, and I'm not super rich so <laughs> um, we were just taking things very slowly and just wanted to see where things would grow organically um, our biggest markets were Australia UK the Canada and the US um, mostly US. So it was around 60, 50 to 60 percent of the users were from the US, uh, and the other 50 percent made up with uh, with Canada, uh, the UK, and Australia. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, otherwise, an it was international. And it was in Australian, it was in, sorry, in English language only. So right. um, that's, I mean, it was, it was in internationally in Europe countries as well, but it wouldn't be adopted very well because they don't, yeah, it's not, English is not their first language. So that's an that's an important people to, for people to know that this is available as an option. Um, um, there aren't very many competitors. There are a few. There's Open, which is the one that's probably been around the most. Field, which was originally developed for Kink and BDSM, but is also by its nature you end up with all alternatives. So also has non-monogamy. Um, am I leaving anything out? Uh, which one did you mention was open? What's that? Is yeah. that hashtag open? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hashtag open. Yeah. 
we found that the platform it was not very user friendly for that one and then a field is is probably the leader in this in in our field uh, oh really i think so yeah statistically uh, statistically i think it's the it's the most popular one at least in australia um and the uk um yeah they're, they're doing okay but we've got and we've got one that just um we well there was there's swing towns if you were a swinger and we've got one that just launched with pineapple app just launched Ooh. which okay. is I haven't heard of that one yeah um i'm probably getting the name wrong um and i, I shouldn't be because so many there were folks on the on the show who were part of who have been part of the launch um yeah. uh sorry hang on and that would that be in London, like in the UK? Are they um, are they from the UK? Yeah, we found um, a lot of apps, a lot of dating apps are coming out of Germany, uh, the UK. Uh, they're really big focus groups for the dating scenes. Here it is, the pineapple, the pineapple app. It's a swingers app. Um, sure, it's upside down pineapple, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, join the movement. Yeah. So it's it's out. They're changing the game forever, and it shows global influence, and you can apply awesome. to be an ambassador. Nice um, one. Um, yeah. The more apps in this space, the better, in my opinion. Um, at least if, if everyone particularly tailors their application to a type of demographic within the. A, a, Ethical in the non-monogamous space would be would be really great to see, um, and because particularly it's such an early type of movement. I mean, it's not it's not new in any in, in any sense, but the space for the dating industry to get involved. It in is, that space is yeah. New. It, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's it's um um. It's always interesting to me. I mean, so that's one of the ones where um, some of the folks that um, came on the show and some of the folks some of the residents and a couple of the couples who have opened up and are now in the swinging space and become ambassadors for that app. Um, and they're locating themselves specifically in the swinging space. I think it's actually important for people to be clear about where they locate themselves. And also when they're talking about this, particularly when they're talking on social media, the number of times people will, will say, oh, that information is wrong. And the reason that they're saying that is because in the swinging community, it wouldn't be considered the correct way to go about things, but in other non-monogamy communities, it would, and that there is not just one way to do this, mm. that there are a wide variety of ways to decide to be open in your relationships. Correct. That's right. And that's why going back to what your, I think it was your first question. Absolutely. That's why the, 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 the open, um, the con, uh, what's it called? The conventional dating apps, it doesn't work. You need to have niched groups for these type of groups. Um, so that they can find their own like-minded people. Yeah, it's it, it's more important. And where are you on subscribership at the moment? Um, we're not we're not monetizing the applications just now. We uh, I mean the monetization is is part of the app already at the moment, but we're not. That's not our focus. Our, our focus is on user acquisition right now. So we are giving away. Um, free memberships and, and subscriptions to users that come onto the platform. And anybody listening in now, I think that this month's promotion from memory is uh, one love. Um, so if you're going in and you, you, you go to the subscription page and you, you want to upgrade, 
just type in one love. I think it's all carry, uh, all capital letters. I'm not sure if that matters or not. Depends if it's Android or Apple. Um, but yeah, if you throw in one love there, that's a free that's a free month there or a free two weeks. Yeah. Cool. So okay, guys, you yeah. heard it here. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, absolutely use it. Um, and then we've got a, a monthly newsletter in which we uh, send out. And at the moment, we run the promotions in the monthly newsletter as well. So we tell the users uh, that way, even after the first month, if they get a free one, they might be able to get another free one again yeah, for the following month if, they, if they're following their newsletter. And I wonder, um, I wonder if um, paid applications have better results, cleaner, sure. more community. I mean, it would be interesting because I know that whenever you review, when I've done reviews for for top10.com, whenever you review dating apps, you know, there's always a free level for most apps and you usually can't do very much, right? Yeah, correct. Um, and then you need to invest and pay. And depending on what you're looking for, that can get really expensive really quick. Can be, yeah. And we are, we're, we're I think we, we position ourselves to be relatively uh, pricey. I wouldn't say us, uh, the top tier is cheap. Um, yeah. But we are looking at changing the model, the pricing model. Um, there's other ways in which we make money through the app outside of just subscriptions uh, without having to sell data. So just to your listeners, absolutely, that's a known note that I don't agree with that kind of stuff personally. So uh, I, I won't be incorporating that into the application. We won't be selling user data to, to anyone. Um, and, and like I said, there's other ways in which we make money through the app anyway. So. That will come in once we sort of hit critical mass and get more users on the application. And then we'll sort of start looking down that avenue and promoting it a bit more. But um, yeah, at this at this stage, I'm very happy to give out free memberships and things just so users can get on there, just so we can get a little bit of a larger sample size and ask our users what to improve um, and what it is we can do moving forward in the application. Um, because we are still, as I mentioned, we're still really new. We're still trying to identify exactly what will work for us. Um, and the only way we're going to be able to do that is to have a larger audience or a larger sample yeah. size. So the more users we get, the better it is for us, uh, the better it is for our users as well. It, it's, it's much better for them. Um, so it's a win-win all around. Cool. Mm -hmm. So if people want to find you um, and they want to download the app, where do they go? Um, yeah, so we're available on Apple, Android, all of those devices. Um, and you can just search monogamish, really easy. Um, and me personally, if there's any business connections, I have a, a LinkedIn profile. So Bill Schwab is where you'll find me, or you can search monogamish there. They've got the, I've got a profile there for monogamish as well. Um, and personally, if anybody wants to follow my personal journey and things like that, uh, I just have an Instagram same thing, Bill Schwab, you'll be able to find me on my personal Instagram. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's not particularly uh, app focused. It's more about my personal life, but that's okay. I don't mind people following me anyway. It's a bit of fun. <laughs> Instagram can be that way. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Instagram can be that way. You get kind of both in both. Yeah. So guys, thank otherwise, you. Sorry, yeah, so, nope. I mean, we do have the, the Get Monogamish Instagram page as well. That one's only just starting out. Um, so we'll, we'll be having informative things on the, on the Instagram page very soon, um, in, in coming days, actually. So I, I think we have our first post tomorrow morning, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's... So this is what you're looking for. So if you are in an open relationship or you, of, of any type, 
um, or a non-monogamous relationship of any type, or you are considering and you want to find a dating pool and, and apps are your thing, which, you know, in, at the present time, apps are definitely one of the largest ways we meet people. Check out Monogamish. If you're English speaking, the app is English speaking. You can find it wherever good apps are downloaded. So thank you guys uh, for listening. Next week, the letter is P. Um, and uh, P is for protecting our history. Um, and I'm going to be interviewing uh, Mama Vi Johnson. And we're going to talk about leather history and sexual history and how important it is to protect that. Um, and particularly in today's climate. If you have um, a question that you'd like to see answered on the podcast or a person you'd like to hear from or a topic, please do send it to Lori Beth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. Please, this is only for a question that you want me to address. Um, if it is a personal response that you need, um, there are a number of ways you can do that. You can either go to my website, drlaurybethbisbee.com, and purchase a video or an audio response to a personal question if it's something detailed, or you can join my new private members club. In that club monthly, we will have um, questions answered. You can just throw your question into the chat or you can um, ask it anonymously and I'll deal with it in the chat. Um, there's a monthly live and I'll have some special guests and there's content that's specific only to the private members group. It's going to be hosted on my website, not on Facebook. So um, if you're interested, six or 12 month commitment, this is the by far the cheapest way to get my personal attention and personal advice as to anything to do with sex, relationships, non-monogamy, kink, BDSM and trauma. Again, if you leave a review for this or any of the books, your name will be entered into the draw for 30 minutes free. This is the only way at the present time you can get 30 minutes free of my undivided attention. So do, do, do go and write a review. And then don't forget to tell me you've done so. I won't know how to reach you if you don't tell me and therefore your name won't go in the draw. And I say this every time recently because I've had a few people do things for the book and not let me know. Um, and therefore they haven't been entered in the draw. I draw a name once a month. And from there um, you get your 30 minutes free and um, you can ask me about anything you like during that time. Be safe, have a great week and I will see you next time. <laughs>